Our commission as the church, our commission as the church is to lovingly invite the people that God has purposely brought into our lives to join us in community. As together, we share the story of the gospel, make disciples, and learn to live as an extended family following Jesus together. That's what starting or being a missional community is really all about. This is not a fad or the latest church growth technique or whatever we call it. It's not just a new name for small groups or life groups or home churches or cell groups. It's rediscovering the church as oikos, as an extended family on mission. We're We see everyone as important and everyone has a vital role to play. I like to think of it this way. Joining God on his mission is joining his family. It's going with our dad and brother Jesus, guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit out into the world, into our neighborhood, into the rhythms of our life to do the family business. the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Woohoo! All right! Party time! Do you know what today is? Maybe you do. Today is our five-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah! five years of doing the podcast. I can't even believe it. What grace, what an amazing journey so far. So many of you have been with us a long time. Some of you are brand new listeners. Either way, come on in, grab a snack, grab a beverage of choice, and and let's have a blast. We're going to have a special guest on in just a bit. He was our big winner for sharing out the podcast to his network of folks. You remember in the last episode, I said, hey, next week's the anniversary. You'll share this out to your social and all. I will pick a winner, and here we go. And, yep, we have the winner on with us in just a bit. You're going to hear from him. So, meanwhile, before we dive into the party, just while I'm getting kind of warmed up here, let me tell you about something that I I was looking at again recently. We've been telling you a little bit more about our publisher, Missio Publishing, lately. And I was digging through their site, looking at some of my own stuff and some other things, and uh, came across this book, again, called Reimagine Church. And I was just struck, though this book's only a couple years old, I was just struck by how timely this book by Nick Harding, Reimagine Church, really is. The subtitle of it is Clarify the Win, Escape Busyness, and Fulfill Your True Purpose. And what the book's about is it's the totally doable nuts and bolts essentials of reproducing leaders and disciples and missional communities and all that. And it's pretty amazingly put together. Nick is a rare type of leader where he has synthesized lots of essential tools and practices that he's come across and learned. I actually had the privilege of walking with him and discipling and training him for a few years as well in community. But he is is a big church planner himself. He's planted the largest church in his city, And his own life and knowledge have really been combined in this book to kind of give you, like I said, the nuts and bolts of all of this. So instead of just sort of running on that treadmill of church activity, 
which is changing constantly. Um, what if we were to look for the abundant life that Jesus offered? Mm -hmm. Same stuff we talk about all the time. So I just want to encourage you, maybe take a look at this reimagined church book. I, I am excited about it again. And you can get that at missiopublishing.com. That's M-I-S-S-I-O publishing, missiopublishing.com. And I'm grateful for Missio helping to support the podcast and continuing to put out what I think are some of the very best resources for discipleship and missional living available. So now I want to bring on my special guest to help celebrate our fifth anniversary of the podcast. Paul Arnold, how you doing? Ooh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy to be here. How does it feel to be a winner? <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I don't often get this, you know, I've had it twice in my life and both with you, Caesar. So you that's know, crazy. I, we... <laughs> oh man. Well, you know what, when you, when you live inside the bubble of God's grace, right, then you just yeah. come to expect these things. Also, you'll never be able to say, I, I never win anything. You know, people yeah. say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You enter raffles here and it's just like, oh, I never seem to get the top prize, but yeah. Tina has been entering us in to win these dream homes that like uh, cable network, HGTV, yeah. they offer these dream homes every year. And so she enters our email addresses and the kids and she does it every day and they do it about four times a year. And I keep telling her, you're not very good at this because we've never won anything. <laughs> hey, anyway, listen, thank you for helping us celebrate the five-year anniversary of the, of the podcast. I can't even believe it. Do you know how long have you been listening to but what was maybe called the Life School podcast? Yeah. Which, so when I now started, Everyday Disciple. Yeah. I mean, I started with uh, 123 Life School stuff. So yeah. um, I think that was about three years ago I started listening, 2019. Wow. And then, and then we hit the pandemic and it was like, yeah, excellent time to catch up with my podcasts. So, it's uh, kind of hard for us to believe. And and when I look yeah. at the analytics of just how many people have actually listened and how many still do, and it's always a new wave of people and it's yeah. pretty humbling and pretty awesome. Let's get just a little bit of your story, Paul, so that uh, the rest of the Everyday Disciple family and folks listening can see what a winner sounds like. Now, what do you tell us a little bit about <laughs> your context? Obviously, with your accent, you are not probably calling in from uh, Georgia yeah. or something here in the States. But... No, no, no. Um, although I do have family over. No, I'm, nice. I'm in the northeast of England. So I'm in Stockton on Tees. And I am a church planter here within the Church of England. So that's my denomination. Uh, we're busy revitalizing a church here. So there's like a bunch of churches that are kind of having difficulty. And we've sent a team in to include, led by me, weirdly, to go and do some stuff with them and help them to think more missionally. Let me uh, ask you, because we talk so much about this on the podcast, yeah. what have been some of your Give me one or two of your greatest challenges in kind of revitalizing and replanting a much older traditional yeah. congregation that's been around both on the planet for a while, but also um, as yeah. a congregation for a real long time. What are some one or two of the biggest challenges? And I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus, but I'll bet. Yeah, I'll sure. um, I mean, there are challenges. I mean, there are challenges of all sorts of varieties. Um, part, I think one of the biggest ones really for this this little family of God has been, they don't, they, they've, they've, they've kind of been without somebody leading them for a, a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, actually that leads to some issues with control and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and moving people from that point of, you know, we're just gathering because we need to gather 
uh, to realizing that you know there's something in the reason why we do that and the the why that equips us for the rest of the week you know so um it's it's been a bit of a case of it's a brilliant. bit of a big mindset shift yeah. isn't it in fact it's what we're going to yeah. talk about in in this episode again today in our conversation series here we're going to talk about the differences between our focus and groups and why we gather and hang out or any of that what have been a couple of wins for you in the last six months or a year i know that of course the pandemic and all those types of things have not helped mm-hmm. With being able mm-hmm. to gather and mobilize and live and be in some of the ways we want but what what are one or two real big uh wins that you're grateful to god for there's uh, two one i mean there's lots of little small wins and i think they yeah. mount up to big ones but the 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 first one is just as as we'd started to kind of uh finish a series of really bringing the the, the church is together the family into one big family uh one of the oldest people in the church um uh, I said, you know, how how are things going? I got her uh, into a corner, and uh, and she said, well, um, it's like I've joined a different religion, Paul. Um, and she gave me this like cold hard stare, and I was like, oh no, I've done something wrong. And then she Uh-oh. said, um, but you know, now I sit next to the person I've sat next to for twenty years, and I now know them better, uh, a deeper. I love them more. Um, and so it was different and it was uncomfortable, but I feel like this is great. So that was pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. So that's kind of an in and then an out thing that happened just recently. We've been holding a a regular service, um, called recreate Sunday. They're taking off one of the, the, the rhythms of discipleship and trying to model it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, just giving people ideas for resting and creativity. Um, and last Sunday, every family that we've been sewing into in the area, only a few of them, but it's enough to like, double the congregation size, um, just turned up um, out of the blue. We weren't advertising it. God just brought them in. Uh, and of course, Rhythms of life, totally, yeah. Yeah, totally the right time for it because it was just so open and they got to be able to, you know, mix with everybody else and just really get to know everyone rather than, you know, one of those traditional services that can be a bit more, you know, sitting in rows. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Well, and it sounds like your 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 life and family life and the community that's part of this congregation are pretty localized. They're pretty uh, yeah. in a neighborhood together. So it's it's not yeah, like yeah. people are driving in from 45 minutes away. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, the first is, first is about 20 minutes drive. Yeah. But most of us are in the area. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's uh, get back to celebrating the podcast that stuff is all exciting i hope and trust that some of that stuff that you're trying out at least has come from the you know some things you've learned in the podcast and oh yeah our guests and all um what are what are maybe a few of your favorite episodes that come to mind uh, over the many 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 episodes that you <laughs> listen to I'm, i know you never I'm, miss a day right you never miss a uh, yeah and i've, and I've listened to most of the back catalog too that i haven't you know so <laughs> I think one of the ones I love is uh, why you need more storytelling in your discipleship. I, I love stories. It's my thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So having that was, that's just, you know, that sharing story stuff's great. Um, the other ones are kind of like, I've got two series that I'm loving. So the one where you talk about the four G's and you go into each one differently. So God is great. Um, so I don't have to be in control. God is glorious. So I don't have to please anyone else. You know, God yeah. is gracious. So I don't have to prove myself. And God is good, so I don't have to look for anything else. Yeah, absolutely. It's on your wall. Um, so, 
But um, that's great. And then um, I'm actually really loving this series at the moment, the conversation series, because mm. it helps the th- people to think more practically about how they can apply stuff. Anything which is really practical that I can then really push to uh, members of my church family, uh, you know, helps them. Um, I love the leadership type stuff too, but that that's great. That gives me some fuel. Great. You know, all those things uh, in the conversation series, I feel like we have touched on, talked about some of them multiple times, but it's mm. another lens into it, you know, as you yeah. hear some other people. I'm glad to hear that that's encouraging you because you're a practitioner and you're doing this because when I first conceived of doing it, I was like, maybe it's just too simple. Maybe it's yeah. it's just too basic. I don't know. But it's I, good. I mean, like the dialogue's not going to not going to win any Emmys. Right. But it's a it's a fantastic <laughs> it's a fantastic way of just thinking, you know, this is actually something that can be applied in everyday yeah. life. That's great. Yeah. They're a bit corny. I know that, like you said, (laughs) and then it's always tough when I have to do ladies voices, but I don't, I don't try I'm not acting. (laughs) I'm just sharing the conversation as one who is a fly on the wall. (laughs) Uh, Well, Paul, thank you so much for being a long-term listener. And uh, I'm glad that that you continue to, and thanks again for sharing it out and and being uh, part of our five year anniversary celebration. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, thank you for putting these on. It's been great to listen and have been a real tool for us here. So thank you, Caesar. Uh, you're welcome. And so is everybody else. This is uh, my favorite thing I do. I, I swear it's it just it's, it's a rhythm of my life now after five years and not missing a Monday. I think back to one of my own highlights was about a year and a half ago when I had to record part of an episode while in the hospital <laughs> uh, up that. under the blanket because I was not getting released for a while. And so I had to do like parts of it. Anyway, so <laughs> I am trying to be consistent for y'all. <laughs> sacrifice right there. That's, that's great. <laughs> Thanks again. And uh, please keep sharing out the podcast. Okay. Yeah, we'll do. And I hope maybe, you know, you'll win something again and it it won't be from us. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Blessings. Thank you. All right. And to you. Well, that was fun. And I really do look forward to the next five years or beyond or whatever the Lord gives us of doing this podcast. Who knows where the Lord will take us? Well, let's get to today's topic. As we continue on in our conversations series, glad to hear that Paul was digging that, Today, you'll hear two different conversations, and they're both kind of short, but they go together. The first is a conversation between a couple of friends who've been in a small group together for quite a while, and the second one is between some couples in a true missional community. They're very different conversations, and I don't want to give too much away, but pay attention to who or what is the focus of their groups and life together. Here it is. Look at this photo. Can you believe it? Our hair. I would have never imagined that the same original couples would still be in the same small group all these years later. I know, Mary. I feel so close to you and Nick and the others. You're our family. We've been through a lot over the years. I know. Ten kids and now four grandchildren between us? You're right. We've become like one big family over time. I'm so glad that it stayed just us four couples and never changed. But we'll see you guys this Thursday evening like usual, right? I think we're going to start planning our fall getaway and holiday gift exchange. 
And Mike said he was hoping to get back to our Bible study soon. It kind of got back over the summer. Oh, and Mary, do you think I should invite Karen, who moved in across the street, to join us? She seems nice. I don't know, Shelly. I like our group when it's just us. Now, compare and contrast that conversation with this one. This one's between a bunch of folks living on mission together as a missional community. Randy, I was just praying and asking God, what next, Lord, concerning that young single mom, Carrie, and her three kids down the block? I think Cindy and I are going to start to offer to pick her kids up after school during the week and give them a snack and help them finish their homework until she can get home from work. They've been home alone so many afternoons, and I know that Carrie's worried about them. Randy replied, She is so fun to be around. I'm really hoping she'll keep hanging out with us and the rest of our missional community. I think when we went over and helped her with the flood in her basement last month, she really began to trust us. More importantly, I think she's starting to trust Jesus. Well, at least she's asking a lot of questions about who we are and why we live the way we do in the neighborhood here. Then Tony added, I was shocked the other day when she asked if she could bring her world-famous chili to our family dinner night. It was great, too. She said she would make a huge batch of it this Saturday when we all go to finish that porch repair at the retirement home. Her kids were a big hit with all the grandmas last week. Super fun, Randy exclaimed. She asked if I would pray for her brother who's moving into town next month. He doesn't have a job and has recently gotten into a little trouble. She said he's moving here to kind of start over. She says he has a lot of fears and problems to sort out. Tony, do you think Carrie's brother could move in with you and Liddy for a while? It sounds like it would really be good for him to get to hang around a manly man or maybe a godly man like you who loves Jesus. He never had a father around growing up, and he needs to see and experience that kind of love and environment. I'll ask Liddy, and we'll pray about it. I would love to bless Carrie that way and help her feel like she's helping her brother. I think he gets to town next week. You know, Tony, it's amazing how God just keeps growing our family here. I like that it's not just us. Okay, did you like that? What a contrast with how most of us see our small group and who and what it's focused on. Ask yourself, if you're in a small group or some sort of a community, who or what's the focus? If the group primarily exists for its own benefit, well, then you're not living as God intended. Our goal is not to have a group or a program that we call our missional community. And right now, there's all kinds of names being used for smaller micro gatherings of Christians. But whatever we call it, here's the thing. Our commission as the church, our commission as the church is to lovingly invite the people that God has purposely brought into our lives to join us in community as together we share the story of the gospel, make disciples, and learn to live as an extended family following Jesus together. That's what starting or being a missional community is really all about. This is not a fad or the latest church growth technique or whatever we call it. It's not just a new name for small groups or life groups or home churches or cell groups. 
It's rediscovering the church as oikos, as an extended family on mission, where we see everyone is important and everyone has a vital role to play. I like to think of it this way. Joining God on his mission is joining his family. It's going with our dad and brother Jesus, guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit, out into the world, into our neighborhood, into the rhythms of our life to do the family business. <laughs> yeah, that's how I like to articulate it. Now, just to clarify a few things, a missional community, when we talk about that, that's a term we use. And we use that term, by the way, because we want to be reminded that we're a community that's on mission. I want to always keep that right at the forefront of our mind. So when we refer internally to this oikos, this family, it's our missional community. But we're not saying to people of peace and outsiders or whatever that we don't know very well, hey, well, you know, come to our missional community on Thursday night. That'd be like saying, come to the church. No, the church is people. It's not a place or specific time. Missional community is people. It's the church. So here's a few things, though, to clarify that a missional community, what it is and what it's not, okay? So a missional community is not primarily a small group, as you might imagine from this <laughs> couple of conversations here. A small group was generally created to sort of close the back door of the Sunday-only experience because people could hop across the street or down the road to whatever program they like, and the church maybe 30 years ago or so invented, hey, what if we got people together in small groups and Maybe they'll find some friendships and it'll be harder for them to leave. So it was trying to close the back door, if you will. However, they were originally started very self-focused. It's about us so we can keep people coming on Sunday primarily. And they'll pick a time to hang out that's a convenient time for them. And it won't have to do with proximity or mission per se or whatever. They'll probably just get together and have some pie or coffee and study the sermon notes that the pastor preached. Again, even though they heard it all. Anyway, so... A missional community is not primarily a small group. However, it is a smaller group of people living together increasingly on mission. And a missional community, the way we articulate it, is not primarily a Bible study. Yeah, you're going to study the Word of God, and you're going to do it all kinds of ways, through the story, through reading, through meditation, together, all those things, men, women. All, of course we're going to be studying the Bible. But it's not just a Bible study that meets and then we go back to our corners. It's different. It, it's studying of the Word of God is food and fuel for the mission. It's also not primarily a support group where we get together to sort of solve each other's problems and just be there as a listening ear. And of course, all those things we're going to do. And when you live on mission, it can be tough. There's a lot of challenges and there's a lot of folks that aren't going to be happy. And God's going to call us to give and lay down and be in different ways and we're going to need to support one another but it's not a support group that comes together where we focus on someone's problem and oftentimes it becomes a lot of the time about one person's or one couple's problems no we're not a support group that we just call a missional community because now we're doing the in thing more often a missional community is also not primarily a social activist group meaning a group of christians who hang out together pick a cause in their city and get after it. It's something they're for or something they want to support or something that they want to get closed or get, you know, whatever. It's not a social activist group. However, you might go out and serve and display God's servant heart together 
in many different ways. It's not about just picking a pet project and then once a quarter or twice a year or whatever, you do something about it. No, a missional community is much bigger and broader than that. Also, a missional community is not an affinity group. So many churches, that's how they do their groups. It's like, well, we're going to age and stage this, and we're going to have the silver seniors together and people with little kids, and we'll get the singles, the young singles, the people who used to be married and now singles, and we're going to form groups based on you, and it's about you, and it's about your unique problems. And even though you don't live anywhere near together and you're not on mission for the sake of seeing more people come to know Jesus and be in discipled relationships and all that, it's about us, right? So a missional community is not about a finny group. However, sometimes as you seek people of peace, you might pick a group of people like we're really into mountain biking or something. So there's a mountain biking group right here that meets at the, the cultural center or at this pub right down the street. And so I'm not much of a biker, but I've done some. So we're going to start hanging out with those people looking for people of peace. But then as it grows, of course, that's not, you're not going to limit it that. Some guy who's in the community says, hey, my sister really needs to start to meet you guys and get to know Jesus better. It's like, well, does she ride mountain bikes? No, I don't think so. Well, then she can't be in it. And see, it's not like that. It's not a club. It's going to always grow bigger than any one affinity in our life. However, that might be a starting point. And I guess I could have said this first, and maybe it's obvious, but... A missional community is not a weekly meeting. We're not looking to just replace Sunday morning with a smaller, more home-based, hipper, more what we want to do version once a week and then maybe take the summers off or whatever. A missional community is a family. How often does your family hang out? What kind of things do you do together as a healthy family? All kinds of things. And while you might start out as you form a community on mission, as you identify people of peace, you might start with a weekly meeting or an open table or a larger family dinner night with a handful of people that want to be equipped and learn to make disciples. However, it's pretty quickly going to move way beyond one night a week. If you have something called a missional community, but you're primarily getting together once a week, I would say it's not. It's more like a small group. Yeah. So I hope that some of those things help clarify what a missional community really is and what it's not and just sort of the ethos of the whole difference. If you're interested in getting some help with any of that, if if maybe I can help you or maybe you want some additional equipping or coaching, I'd love to help and I'd love to talk. Let's set up a call or a Zoom call or something to get to know each other better and see if it's a good fit and maybe we can help serve you or coach you. Would love to do that and really help you and your folks truly start to live discipleship as a lifestyle. Feel free to get a hold of me in any way. I'm out there. I'm easy. You can also go check out our coaching, and there's a way to get a hold of me on that page as well. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. I'd love to at least have a conversation, get to know you better. Okay, so as always, we're going to get to our big three takeaways now. The big three things that I don't want you to miss, if nothing else, these would be things I'd say write down and really contemplate and pray through, but I know that's tough, so I want to send you a printable PDF of the big three as a free download. All you have to do is go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, and we'll send you a link, and boom, in you go. All right, so here's the big three for this week. 
Number one, if your church has traditional small groups, you'll need to begin to lead the change that you want to see by your example. Mm-hmm. How specifically can you begin to live with others as a family? And hint, a weekly meeting will not get it done. And how can you begin to lead others to embrace our true missionary identity as you consistently look for others that God wants to bring into his family? What are two or three things you can begin to do immediately? Number two, as the church, we exist for the sake of others unto God's glory. Yeah, let me say that again. It's so important. We exist for the sake of others unto God's glory. However we gather and do life together as the church, God has always desired that we would live as a people, his people, showing others what he's truly like. That's what it means to glorify God. And our holy huddles that were born largely out of our consumeristic schedules and preferences and affinities is not what our Father intended. And it often serves to reinforce our self-love and fear of others. God wants more of his wayward kids to come home. Will you offer them a place at the table? And number three, a missional community is a gospel-centered community. We've said that in this conversation series before. It's a gospel-centered community that lives out the mission of God together. And that's making disciples of Jesus. And they do that in a specific area and to an identified group of people. See, it's intentional. We say it this way. We're a family of missionary servants sent as disciples who make more disciples. That's who we are. That's our true gospel identity flowing right out of who God is. And you'll need to help the folks in your church or community understand the distinction between being a group of people that exists for ourselves and being God's family together on mission. That's key. That's what this whole topic today is about. I hope it's helpful. I know that gives you an awful lot to chew on, but there it is. These are the same types of things we talk about over and over for years and years now, and I don't think we'll ever get away from it, especially with other believers who were maybe formed in some other ways of seeing the church or being the church. Well, that's it for today. Join me next time as we continue on in our conversation series, and you're going to hear a conversation about the difference between our proactive and reactive mission. Hmm. Yeah. See, a missional community should have a proactive mission directed toward a specific people in a particular context, but you'll find that all of you will also respond to reactive mission opportunities that come up along the way. In each case, though, the mission is to make disciples. I sure hope you'll tune in for that. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.